Welcome back to another edition of the Mental Dimes Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck, along with my co-host, the coach, and Phil. This week, the coach, he's done it. He got us an incredible guest, Joseph Gerard III from Syracuse Basketball. He is on to talk NIL, everything from Syracuse basketball to summer classes, whatever you want to hear. Take a listen. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick. Let the drama kick die. By Syracuse basketball player Joseph Gerard, and he, of course, former high school quarterback as well. Can't forget about his accolades in high school. And Joseph, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So we want to just kind of just start off. Um, you, we'll just start off with the big one. NIL started back <laughs> in July first. Uh, how is how has that been a shift from just a few months ago? Because it's not like you are just now starting college. You've been in college for a couple of years now. Uh, now you get to profit off of your name, image, and likeness. How has that been so far? I know you have a brand out. Yeah, uh, so far it's been pretty pretty great. Um, I mean, it is a lot different. And honestly, at this point, I'd say it's like you haven't thought much of it since it's so early and you're still learning all the you know new rules to it and uh, trying to figure out what you can do, what you can't do, and uh, going through compliance and all that kind of stuff and just learning. So I'd say I'm learning just like you guys are about it. Obviously, I've had some sponsorships and stuff like that, gear come out and stuff like that. Uh, But I'm still learning just like you guys are. Obviously, it's great for college, I think. Um, But like you guys, I grew up watching college basketball, just, you know, assuming that it was normal that they weren't getting paid. And uh, the only time you got paid was when you were pro. Um, But now that's all changing and everything. It's kind of just, you know, you're trying to learn and adapt to a new way of college basketball, which I think is good. Um, I wasn't too much into it. Obviously, like I said, I thought it was normal just not to get paid in college and just play basketball or whatever, get better at it. That's obviously still the main goal and still, uh, you know, what the coaches are preaching is that you got to stay focused and, you know, try and get be your best basketball player, be the best basketball team to win the most games. Uh, but it is a definitely a new uh, cool little wrinkle into the NCAA. I think for me, the longest I was, I was pretty anti, you know, from a college athlete getting paid, but I've been more anti from the universities being able to pay the players yeah. Um, you know, we had, we had a guy from Sports Illustrated and he made a great point. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm at Syracuse there with you, you know, I can go online and, and just tweet some stuff and post some stuff and I can get paid some side money. Right. Whereas you, just because you're an athlete, you're, you know, you're hindered that way. And, w- and when you start looking at it that way, to me, it makes just great sense of, you know, these guys, you know, they like to have fun too. They like to go out, they want to get a burger at McDonald's or something. Yeah. You know, I, I know, I know your time swamps, so I think it's great the way they've done it. I think the NCAA has came out with a great, great idea to, to have success with it. I agree. Yeah, it's kind of like you just said. It's like we're always swamped, and uh, what people don't really understand is it's like a, kind of like a full time job. Like you guys, you know, out there working and stuff. We we're in the gym or we're in the facilities for literally eight to ten hours every single day. Whether it's working out, going to practice, lifting weights getting treatment, going to your academic advisors, tutors, stuff like that, they all set up for us. It takes a toll on your body, a toll on your mind. And uh, like I said, it's literally a full-time job. So it, it, I think it, it balances out for sure. When Didn't you tell us a little bit about your sponsorship, was it like at 1201, were you getting blown up by everybody? Like, did everybody <laughs> want you or had that happen? Yeah, that's actually a good question. What I said it reminded me of was uh, back in high school, like the first day and the first night that uh, – you were allowed to get contacted by college coaches because, you know, right at that 12 o'clock thing, uh, 
you know, you had coaches calling your phone or whatever, whoever it was, whatever team, whatever college. And uh, that's what it kind of reminded me of because right, right away it started. I think, I think for me personally, it started like a little bit before, like a week before we as a team had had a, uh, a meeting with our compliance office and the people in there. And they told us a lot about what was going to happen. Obviously they didn't know exactly what was going to happen because nobody really knew. Um, and we still kind of don't know what the ins and outs of it are, but they were trying to give us a heads up on everything that was going to go down, what we couldn't, couldn't do, stuff like that. And uh, from there uh, was when the first, uh, the player's trunk that contacted me. Actually the player's trunk is uh, run by a former Syracuse uh, head manager uh, and his brother and another, another man. Um, and they contacted me about doing something right when it came out. And then obviously it took a little bit because you got to go, you got to wait for it to get passed, first of all, on July 1st, wherever the date was. And then you got to go through all the contracts and stuff like that, sign all that stuff online. So it takes a little bit to get going. But I'd say that like, I first started hearing about, you know, possibilities maybe like a week in advance. And then obviously it was forthcoming when it, when it all passed. Well, they've, so you knew you were meeting with the university before that. Have they been pretty hands-on with you guys and kind of letting you know how to do things who to get in contact with when you're kind of wondering about this because it is new and like you said it's changing uh are they really have they been kind of hands-on with advising you guys and making deals and stuff like that yeah for sure uh pretty much you're able to do what you want out whatever you want but it just has to run through our compliance office so let's say you have some some gear uh, company wants to do something with you you have to uh, go through your compliance office first send them what you're going to do and i know for example in new york like you know, all the states have different laws so florida you're allowed to use like i know i know in florida you're allowed to use like let's say you go to florida you go to university of florida you're allowed to use like florida gators on your stuff but here in syracuse you're not allowed in new york you're not allowed to use like your school's uh brand or whatever unless they're li unless the company's licensed by Syracuse that is so I know for example like you came out with gear and there was like Syracuse on it you know you had to send it to compliance they have to see if that that person's licensed by Syracuse or whatever it is and then check all that and then figure out if it's allowed and if not you just have to be on it with let's just say a, a white jersey or something with that with blank you know so it's it's really complicated but yeah everything that we do goes through goes through compliance and they tell us what we can and can't do how long does that process take when you kind of you send them something like that? So you could get a notice on maybe a Thursday night. How long would it take after you send it to your compliance officer for them to let you know if it's good to go or not? They've been pretty good about it. Yeah. Uh, I know Coach Beheim was trying to see if they had any hired anyone for it. Uh, as of right now, it's just the compliance guy that is doing it. Um, but he's going to have to deal with however many college athletes are on Syracuse campus um, because it's going to, it's, it's for everybody. So I'm sure they're going to hire some people soon to, to do it. But as of now, they're pretty good about getting back to it because not to be you know biased or anything, but the main sports that are going to get something here is like basketball and football. Um, so, and that, those are really the only two sports on campus right now. Anyways, like all the other sports aren't really here you know, for summer session. You know, we're in summer school, stuff like that. It's awesome. The football team. And uh, some other sports are starting to come, but as of right now, they've been pretty good about it and getting back to you right away. I mean, you can call them too. So we have a, we have a guy who works with the basketball team that you can call and get right back to. So it's pretty good. Well, now that you mentioned Coach Beheim, we'll shift over from NIL. What is that like just playing under Coach Beheim? Because he is, you know, it's different. You are a player and he's your coach. And so outside you can see things and you can have an opinion of him, but you playing under him, what is that like playing under a Hall of Fame coach like Beheim, who's been in this business for so long? 
it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, that was the biggest thing for me making a decision is trying to, you know, see what I could, the, if I wanted to play for a Hall of Famer and learn the most I could. It's actually funny. I knew Coach Beheim since I've been in eighth grade. Uh, you know, I played AAU with Buddy. Uh, used to have camps with him or whatever. And uh, for me personally, I know that the main one of the main reasons I came here was because of how close I got to Buddy and Coach Beheim. And that's outside of basketball. You know, everybody who watches our games gets to see him when he does on the basketball court, gets to see what he does when we're practicing and how Coach Beheim reacts to certain things. But actually, when you see him off the court and you see him outside of basketball, it's really cool to interact with him. And I think that was the biggest thing I took away was how, you know, smart he is. He, it seems like everything he says, even outside of basketball, comes true. And uh, so learning from him on the basketball court, though, is a whole other thing. You know, he, he knows the ins and outs of the game. He's been around it so long. And you can even go to his Olympic days. You know, I know walking through his house, you just see the Olympic gold medals and all that kind of stuff. And you're just amazed by it. So honestly, right now, I haven't thought too much of it. Obviously, I'm, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. I'm really happy listening to him. But I'm sure down the road when I get older, I'll realize how much of a, you know, how appreciative I was of it for sure. Obviously, I'm the big Syracuse guy down here in Alabama. Um, so I go to Georgia Tech every time you guys are there just because, you know, it's, it's the closest place to me. And I'll never forget the very first time I saw him get off the team bus I was intimidated just to say hello to him. Like I'm wearing an orange jersey in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm still just like, man, yeah. I, I'm scared to talk to him. Yeah. You know, Chuck can probably speak from some more experiences because he's been in the interviews a few times. Mm. But that persona he lets on in the game and on the court, how how, how much different is he outside of that? Oh, he's way different. Um, he's it's actually it's funny to say, but he's funny. Like you can he, <laughs> he, like he, he makes jokes and stuff like that, but he's actually he's a like typical a, old guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not the grumpy guy that everybody always says he is. He's actually – he's not. He, uh, I know he still golfs. Like, he's, he's upbeat and everything like that. So, he's he's all he's all with it. And he um, – he's he, like I said, he's just fun to be around. He's funny. He makes jokes. Uh, you could talk sports with him. You could talk anything with him. And he's down to do it. So, it's, it's also – it's really, he's really cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, you mentioned playing AAU with Buddy. Mm -hmm. So, is that – to say that you're not, when it comes to the teams that are going to probably be in the locker room, are you not supportive of Jimmy Beheim Jr. coming in now? Because <laughs> is there going to be some drama there between everybody? Because now there's that. No, nah, Jimmy's been great, actually. So we've been here for a month. Obviously, I knew Jimmy before, too. So I've known Jimmy for a long time. Uh, played against Jimmy my freshman year, actually, when he was at Cornell. So I've known Jimmy for a long time. Uh, it, it's it's, it's really cool to see that he's got both his sons here playing for him. Um, it's something that you couldn't even, you know, fairy tale it or write it in a book or something that you even imagine. But for it to come, you know, come true is really cool for them. Um, and honestly, nobody's really talked about him much here just because we're all focused on the same thing and we're all focused on winning, getting better and stuff like that. So it's been really cool to see because, you know, I know that, that their focus is, uh, you know, on the same thing. Obviously, I think when the season comes around, It'll be pretty hectic with it in the beginning of it, but as long as we're winning, it'll fizzle out and we'll all be focused for sure. You keep mentioning that y'all are there during the summer. A lot of people don't realize that, that you guys are – you are there during the summer. As an athlete, you're not yeah. just there during the school. You're not there during the season. So tell us a little bit about what goes on in the summer for you guys. Yeah, good question. Uh, so there's actually two summer sessions. There's summer session one, summer session two. Um, and me, my freshman year – uh, I was only making it to summer session two because I went to a public school in New York State, which ends a lot later than other states, stuff like that. So I remember my freshman year, I graduated high school. Graduation was on June 29th, and I had to be out to Syracuse June 30th for summer session two. And then 
obviously, you know, you take your classes, you work out. And then my sophomore year, obviously everything, everything was canceled in the summer because of COVID. But this is the first year that I'm actually really here for both summer sessions. So basically you just take, you could take one or two classes each session. So I'm taking one, right, or you could split it up and do one and one. And uh, so now I'm taking one class right now in the summer session one. And you take it, you take it online. Usually it's, I think it's in person, but it's online still right now. Um, and you take the class, uh, but every morning for uh, we go to breakfast at the Mellow Center. Uh, we work out with our, our position coach or have a little team, you know, workout or practice thing. And then in the afternoon you have your academics. So it's whether you got to go to see our academic advisor, have a tutor, or you just have your class or asynchronous class and you got to get your work done. And then the afternoon is free. For a lot of us, we go golfing. <laughs> but pretty much every day in the summer, workout, class, golf. <laughs> Are you pretty good golfer? What's that? Are you a pretty good golfer? You getting better? Getting better. Actually, I just picked it up in quarantine last year. I'm, I'm getting a lot better though. So uh, <laughs> I've played a lot uh, this past the past year, I guess, and uh, I've gotten pretty good. <laughs> who, who's the best golfer on the team? Right now, I think it's definitely probably a battle between uh, Jimmy and Buddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, say me, I'll say me just to piss them off, but uh, <laughs> Uh, they played a lot. They played their whole lives or whatever. Coach used to actually be a golf coach, which nobody really knows about. Uh, and golf still all the time. So uh, they, they, they're pretty good. But, you know, I'm, I'm right behind them, I think. <laughs> You're gaining We have that in common. We have that in common. I'm the best golfer out of the Middle Diamonds. Yeah, there you go. By, yeah. by, by far. Yeah. It, it don't take much. <laughs> I mean, he golfs twice Honestly, a week and we don't golf. Be a good golfer either. I think us three and maybe two others started golfing. <laughs> That's cool. Touching back on the your summer workouts, what would you say coming from high school? Because you know, as a high school athlete, um, did you play anything in the spring, or was you just football, baseball, or football, basketball? Football, and basketball. Up until ninth grade, I played baseball. I played high school baseball when I was in eighth grade. But after that, when I uh, when I was playing AAU and we had to travel literally every weekend to Texas, California, and land all that kind of stuff, I would miss baseball games and baseball practices and one of the rules is like you got to sit out a certain amount of innings if you miss the previous practice or previous game. So I was just like, I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah. And it just wasn't, wasn't worth it. And it was better to focus on uh, basketball at that time too. So having both of those sports, obviously your high school daily routines different from your college. What would you say has been the hardest part of transitioning from high school multi-athlete to division one starting point guard? I'd say, I don't know if, I, th I think it was better for me because this is the first time that I've really had a whole summer to play basketball, you know, because previous summers I was playing football, I was throwing the football instead of shooting a basketball. And uh, this is the first time really that I've been able to, you know, work on my game all year, year round, rather than playing, working on football for four to five months and then basketball probably seven months of the, of the year. Now I'm going to do it 12. So it's pretty good. Obviously the biggest transition I think for me though was, you know, like I said, this is a job. Obviously, in high school, I had to go to to class from not eight thirty in the morning to three three o'clock in the afternoon. Then go to high school practice, and you're pretty much it's six o'clock by then. So you know now it's you got to go to the gym from eight in the morning to eight at night. <laughs> so it's it's a lot different, I think, and just putting making sure that your mind's locked in for all uh, whatever eight to ten hours it is every single day. Well, from what we heard, you averaged 50 points a game in high school, so you're pretty locked in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. That's exactly yeah. 
how tough so, of a decision was that in high school? You you had you weren't you weren't just some slouch at quarterback in high school. So you you could play and you had some offers um, according to the research I did. Uh, and so how big of a decision was that to make that shift and go and just fully commit to basketball like that? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I think ever starting in when I got my first basketball offer in eighth grade, people started doing the, oh, he's going to be done playing football, this, that, and the other thing. And in my mind, I never really wanted to stop. You know, I was something that I loved. I love football almost as much as I love basketball. Um, my cousins that graduated, people don't know this, but I graduated with like 12 cousins. Um, and we all played sports together. And uh, awesome. football. so, yeah, all my friends and family, I didn't want to let those guys down, you know. So it was like <clears throat> my freshman year, I played, you know, varsity football or whatever, and I started getting good, pretty good at it more known for football as well as basketball and uh, then started winning some state championships and then getting some offers. Like you said, um, you know, I had Penn state call me, Indiana call me, Wake Forest and, you know, a lot of pretty much high major schools uh, to go play football for them. And also some of them wanted me to play both. Um, so it was something that, you know, it was hard for me to give up, but I think after my, after my junior, junior year, I think I knew pretty, pretty well that I was going to go play basketball for sure. Um, I still wanted to play football my senior year and I did. Um, but I definitely knew after my junior year that I was going to play um, basketball for sure. You said you and Buddy played AAU together. Does that mean – did you grow up a Syracuse fan? It's funny. Uh, my dad played at LeMoyne um, in the, whatever, 80s, 90s, and it was for John Beeline when he was there. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. So growing up. Not that I was so much of a fan of really of a team, but he when he was at West Virginia, we would get tickets to go to the Big East tournament when they played at Madison Square Garden. And then when he was at Michigan, we'd get, you know, stuff like that to go over there. And then it was funny, when I got old enough, he started actually recruiting me, Coach Beeline, when he was at Michigan. So uh, awesome. I'd say I definitely watched Syracuse growing up uh, because it was always on TV, being local local TV or whatever, growing up in, you know, near Albany and Lake George. Um, but – I say if I had to say if I was a fan of somebody, it was wherever Coach Beeline was, just because that's all I, I knew. That's awesome. Okay, hold on a second. Wait, hold on then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wait, you are watching. <laughs> he didn't say everybody. West Virginia fan, Chuck. He's <laughs> not a West Virginia fan. <laughs> then why did you have to fan. go four of eight for three pointers against us in the tournament? I mean, come on now. You could have missed a couple. Circle, right? <laughs> <laughs> really, really. Okay, well that's a perfect segue, Mike. This is just I have to ask it. Uh, how is that you get to, there was that hype beforehand. Um, it is a biggie. It was always a big East rivalry, even though Syracuse always seemed to have West Virginia's number. Um, how was that you, there has to be a little bit of a bump in intensity, even though it had been a few years since West Virginia and Syracuse had played, uh, especially since the big East days, how was that just leading up to that and knowing the pressure and then the fan base, knowing what that meant, that, that matchup. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of history in that game. Even uh, even so, just having it be two legendary coaches with Coach Beheim and Coach Huggins. Um, and, I mean, the intensity was just insane because it was, you know, the March Madness and there was a chance to go to the Sweet 16. Um, but, yeah, the Big East, old Big East, really definitely grew something to it. Um, and, you know, they played in the Big 12 this year, which is which was, quote, unquote, the, the best conference in the country this year, a lot of people said. So it just rose, rose that again because, you know, ACC teams always want to be the best and stuff like that. So there was a lot of factors, I think, that made the intensity at a high level for that game for sure. Well, that's interesting oh. that you say that because what um, 
what, what do you do you guys when you're playing do you focus on that when it says oh last year it was the big 12 big 10 this year you know all the time it's acc do you guys look at that when it's conference wise and kind of take that and into consideration knowing oh we do play in the best conference or do you always think it's the best conference no matter what i said i always think it's the best conference no matter what um People, I knew you'd say that. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. It's not I even knew close. You'd say that. You <laughs> couldn't give it a break. They knew that it's the Big Ten and last year was the Big Twelve. But if you look at, it, I think this like recent, it, it's always seems like an ACC team's you know moving on in the tournament pretty far, and uh, it just goes to show how hard each year is. You know, in the conference play, you know, you're playing the same teams. Obviously, obviously, every conference does it, but you're playing the same team two to three times a year potentially with the conference tournament. So they are always they always know what you're doing, and especially with us playing a zone, uh, the teams are able to focus on that and scout that and uh, see it each and every year. I think that's what helps us in the tournament. You know, West Virginia probably didn't see a 2-3 zone all year. San Diego State probably didn't see a 2-3 zone all year. But that's because they don't play in the ACC and they don't get to play against us. So it's pretty cool to uh, – pretty neat to see how, you know, different teams react to it when we get into March. Yeah. So I, I know this was your first March Madness this year in Indy. And I know being in COVID probably restricted as far as I know y'all couldn't do much in between the games. But how did you like the whole tournament being in one city this year? It was cool. Um, I think it would have been a little more cool if we were able to travel because I think after our West Virginia game, we would have been able to come home to Syracuse and have, you know, a big thing because I, I saw on Twitter and all social media is how crazy it was in Syracuse after we won that game. And I think I just would have, it would have been cool to experience that and see what was going on in the city. But I mean, it was cool anyways. Um, and I think the troubling part for everybody who was in the tournament was that you, you were isolated. You were in a bubble for real because the hotel, atta- a walkway attached to the practice gyms, uh, to the facilities, to the weight rooms, all that. You couldn't – we didn't breathe fresh air for, like, three weeks. <laughs> uh, the only time that we did was when we were walking to the bus and, like, a 30-minute thing at uh, one of the AAA stadiums for one day. So it was cool, but, I mean – it was definitely something that we're going to be able to say nobody else experienced, which is also cool. But uh, I think it would have been cool to – hopefully we'll do with that this year, experience a, a regular March Madness. But that's definitely something that nobody else can say they did. <laughs> I, I selfishly enjoyed it. I mean, I, I enjoyed coming up. I know I got to I got to go to Hinkle and watch you guys upset San Diego State. Yep. And I got to, got to see Chuck a little bit in town. So it was – as a fan, it was it was almost a dream come true having everything right there. But I, I could I could see it from y'all's point where it'd be just a little bit irritating and, and being able to miss out on a few things you might normally get to do. How much of that is when you look at this season and I know you can't ever say um, last season was, oh, well, it's COVID. And so, you know, people, a lot of people want to keep, keep saying it's an asterisk. But now you look at this season and just you're always excited for a new season. But how much more for this year? Because the restrictions are being lifted in a lot of schools. And I know you guys get to play in the Carrier Dome, which is massive. Uh, mm-hmm. Just how much are you guys just really, really ramping up to the season in the fall? Oh, it's going to be so much more fun. Um, I mean, Personally, a lot of the reason that people come to Syracuse is to play in the Dome because there's 25, 30,000, 35,000 people there to watch you play. And to honestly play in there with zero fans, it's unreal. Like you're looking at a crowd of, of bleachers. <laughs> there's nobody there. And uh, usually you don't see a bleacher at all because the seats are filled. So it was completely different. And it's definitely something to look forward to next year. Even going on the road. Uh, on the road was different. You know, a lot of times when you go on the road, it's fun to, you know, hear what the other crowds are saying, see what the other crowds are doing. 
and you know trying to shut them up <laughs> uh but this year you didn't even get to do that you just got there and it was it was empty it's just not that it was depressing but it was kind of like this is like a, a practice almost <laughs> you know i could definitely say being there covering games it was different and i know west virginia took a lot longer to start letting people in other than family members uh so it was it was different and i can't imagine you guys get to play on the court so yeah yeah but uh i think coach if you have a final question i know you got to get one out right come on coach. yeah i got i got one last one one last one so <laughs> at what what was the moment when you finally just committed to syracuse and you knew that was that was the place for you was it coming to a game was it relationship with with mac or one of the assistants or what was that yeah. moment like definitely relationship with coach gmac uh like I said, the relationship I had with Coach Beheim and Buddy and Mrs. Beheim actually became really good friends with my mom throughout AAU. Um, but I think the turning point was during my season, senior season of uh, football. Um, right when I was about to uh, – I had a top six of uh, Syracuse, Duke, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, Penn State, and Boston College. But uh, So that, that came out like, I want to say, two or three months before I committed. And then uh, during my football season, Coach Beheim and GMAC – uh, like three or four weeks leading up to my, my commitment, uh, Coach Bam and GMAC came uh, three straight weeks. Well, once they came and watched a football game, another time they had dinner at my house with me and my family, and then another time they uh, came to watch practice. Uh, so it was really cool, and I think that was the turning point is to see how dedicated they were to me and show them how much love they showed to me. That was definitely when I think I was ready to you know, be an Orangeman. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad we got you. I remember when the hype was up and yes, I remember when you signed, I was, I was like, Oh yeah, yes, sir. we got a bucket getter. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Joseph, we really appreciate it. This was fantastic. This has been, you're now a recurring guest. Uh, you are, you're <laughs> welcome back anytime. We're going to have to get you some gear up there in Syracuse so you can uh, wear it around up there. And uh, I hope to never see you again in person because that means then <laughs> we'll be playing you. No, but uh, all, all seriousness, so thank you so much. We really appreciated this. This was incredible to talk to you and uh, get to meet you and just talk about whatever. Of course. Thanks, guys. And always, always, Doran, for sure. Good luck. Hopefully we'll have you on to celebrate a natty yes, after sir. this year. <laughs>